Hello and welcome to this episode of The Unnoticed Entrepreneur with me here in sunny Wiltshire in the southwest of England, Jim James. We're going to Bury in the northwest, just outside of Manchester, to meet Maltazim Zia, who is a really uh, a multiple enterprise <laughs> entrepreneur, has been an entrepreneur since the age of 19, and actually only now 23, running a company called Multipath. And we talk about how he's been building a personal brand. He's already done a TEDx talk. He's working with schools and he's got a lot of energy and enthusiasm <laughs> and an amazing amount of experience for someone his age. So we're going to talk about how he is using his skill sets to get noticed. So I think for anyone interested in building a personal brand, this is going to be a great show. Maltazim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, pleasure is all mine because it's great to meet someone who is so passionate about being an entrepreneur, but also what you're doing is building a brand from the ether. So tell us a little bit about Multipath and what it stands for and how you're mm -hmm. building this as a platform for your business. Perfect. So yeah, the Multipath, I'll begin with what it's all about because I think that's what makes the most sense. So the Multipath in general is about sharing authentic knowledge. Now that sharing authentic knowledge is in various different modalities and industries and just in general as well. So it actually came to fruition through my understanding and experience through social media that there was a lot of people who pretended to be coaches, gurus, you know, advisors, consultants that didn't have experience, qualification, education behind what they were preaching. And a lot of times they were gaining that attraction based on fallacies and falsifying information or misrepresentation in certain situations and one of the things I noticed was that someone had to make a change and regardless how big or small you are, it had to be taken. So this is where the Multipath actually came into its own brand, essentially. So it started off mainly just as a personal brand where I was doing more of my advertising for myself, who I was, basically what I'm about. And then over time, as I naturally grew as a public speaker, as an individual, as a consultant, coach, I then made it more about what services I can offer. And then my social media all around this was, was to, again, share authentic knowledge. Now, I use my qualifications and branding and experience all to, I guess, support and aid and assist my philosophy and principles of sharing authentic knowledge. So, yeah, so that's essentially what the, the business and the brand is about. So we offer various different services, and a lot of them are based about how I, I grew as a person myself. So um, public speaking is on there. Uh, writing services on there, uh, PR work is on there. There's so many, and coaching, of course, is on there. There's so many different things that I tend to offer, and that's exactly where it's come from, a authentic place of me, which then has now been imprinted in, onto my brand. Maltesim, I love that. Now, I am going to challenge you just a moment, because yeah. you say there are a number of people in the marketplace that are, if you like, coming from a place that isn't, necessarily credible i mean you yeah. said not necessarily authentic there's a little bit of a difference because authenticity can be sort of trustworthy and credible yeah. is that they've if you like got the experience uh, to yeah. back it up you're 23 yeah how do you differentiate between being credible and being yeah. authentic because although it's a subtle difference someone yes. may say well if he's only 23 how can he be <laughs> how can he be authentic yeah how can he be credible so 
Do you know what the funny thing is? I, I actually thought of the same question and I think of the same question often and just before this we had a bit of a discussion about imposter syndrome and this is something I challenge quite a lot uh, and I challenge this myself personally. I challenge the idea of what's different between credibility, what's, what's authenticity and who who can actually say they're credible and authentic and what, what qualifies that, what's what's the qualifying measures. Personally for me, yes, the the problem I have is I'm 23. And anyone that knows that, it knows, uh, that knows me personally, knows I've always found that a threat personally. So, uh, and I will come back to, the, to answer the question. I'm not going to dodge it. So, just as a bit of an a, a indication of how much I've thought about this is when I was even in university, they used to make us do something called a SWOT analysis. So, obviously, strengths, your weaknesses, your threats, and stuff. And every single time, I always used to write uh, being a student, being 20, whatever, 21, 20, 19. They always used to argue that should be a weapon, that should be your advantage. You're a student, you're learning, you should, that should be, you're younger, you've got newer ideas, you've got the, the more evidence-based knowledge. I keep coming out of university, I still, I'll still push to that prejudice, prejudice and stigma that you're too young for anything. And I thought really about what my educators used to say to me, and I said, that's true. Uh, when I was working, compared to my senior clinicians or senior colleagues, I was the one with more... The, the newest and latest evidence-based practices. I was also the person who would go out there and want to learn more, not just be happy with what I had or just practicing the same recycled information. And then I think that that's where this authenticity, even just recently came into my own mind of what is authentic and authentic is obviously someone that says one thing and I think follows that same principle and it's truly, truly at one with themselves. Like, And you have to know what you're about. A lot of these companies, and you'll see a lot of companies, coaches, gurus, you know, specialists in their areas, per say in quotation marks, will have a philosophy or a principle. But then you also see a different side of that where it's not following the philosophy, it's not following the principles. I think that's one of the main things. And their vision is one thing. Their philosophies and principles are another and the authenticity is what they actually do and who they actually portray, portray themselves as not on social media, but off social media. And I know this personally as well. I know coaches, I know consultants, I know people that I say one thing to me on the phone, for example, but on social media, they're a completely different person. Um, and I think credibility comes into this where credibility basically just comes from the simple fact of how are you backing up what you're saying? So if I say I'm a coach, if I say I'm a specialist physiotherapist, if I say I'm a public speaker, what am I backing up with? What evidence do I actually have? And as a clinician, personally, as a clinical director, personally, evidence is everything to me. And then that's where, regardless of my age, I still have accomplished, not uh, at the risk of sounding boasty and arrogant, but I have accomplished a lot more than a lot of people will will accomplish that want to be in the same positions. Uh, and that's because purely I'm I'm chasing this credibility. I'm chasing this authenticity. And I think that is the right word to use, chasing. I'm pursuing it because it's not something that I would ever fulfill completely or entirely because we're always evolving. So also it was a bit of a, it was a kind of a cop-out answer uh, with an explanation, but I think that's that's basically hit the nail on the head from what I interpret it as. Yeah, no, Maltese, I think that that's great. And of course, authenticity, as you say, is really about being true to your values mm-hmm. and isn't really age-specific. Yeah. You know, and, you know, credibility can come from experience, but it can also come from professional expertise, yeah. um, which isn't based on age necessarily, but on application, which is what you've been yeah. doing. So you're actually a qualified physiotherapist. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then you've built up a, 
clinical practice where you you've got people doing physiology uh, and practices for for patients. Mm-hmm. How have you built that brand? How have you got patients to come in to the yeah. um, to the clinic um, yeah. to get treatment? Let's start with yeah. the with the simple stuff. Oh, so that was a trickier task because obviously being a clinician is much tougher, especially when you're so young, to to break out those stereotypes of, well, you have to go through, for example, in the UK, you have to go through the NHS for your rotations. You can never go private. You can never start private practice. Don't think about it for 20 years, 15, 20 years. As you can imagine, I'm 23. I came out of uni as a, a normal age, 21, and started my practice quite early on. So essentially what happened was, I got experience, as I mentioned. So you get experience. I got my experience in a private practice, exactly where I wanted to work or where I wanted to be. And then I specialized in my particular field. So it was MSK physiotherapist or musculoskeletal physiotherapist, specialized in that area. And obviously made my own clinic. And the way I started to get clients was quite tough because I initially started off. And to be fair, this is something that's quite important for entrepreneurs in general. It was luck as well as hard work, of course, but luck had a lot to do with this. So essentially what had happened was I started off my clinic to help friends, family. I knew a lot of people I could bring in during my free time when I wasn't working and I could get extra cash on the side. And then eventually I started to speak to a few different uh, friends of mine, colleagues of mine, acquaintances, and then some professionals in different areas. So solicitors and, you know, insurance companies. And I was speaking to all these a vast array of people I started to speak to. And then as I was speaking to them, they were like, oh, by the way, uh, just drop us an email with your information. And I was like, yeah, cool. And you just think, look, I don't know if there's not a big deal. It's just dropping your information. So I dropped my information. But bear in mind, as one thing I found critical in the way I communicate is my the way I communicate with people, especially over emails. I always have to make sure everything is, is concise, but is, it's articulated in a professional manner. I sent everything over, friends or not, I sent it over in a professional manner. And then luckily for me, a few of my solicitor friends, a few of solicitors I knew, some referrals went through and I landed some contracts with some solicitor firms and companies. And a lot of my referrals come through there now. So a lot, a lot of times they just send me clients, which has filled up a lot of my diary. And then constantly through my business at the moment, we're innovating. We're trying to find new ways because a physiotherapy clinic isn't isn't new. It's, they're everywhere in Berry. There's like there's, there's I think there's six around my my own area but I have my clinic so it's not it's not a such a niche thing it's quite common so then it's about innovation and creation and I think that com- it will tie back to the multipath a little bit because it becomes personal branding people like seeing the same clinician people like seeing people that that they feel are authentic and are honest and true and have credibility behind them so that's essentially where I got my clients from how they how they uh, started to come in in quite large volumes. Okay, well, interesting. So some social and personal networking, mm-hmm. following that up professionally and then getting in and serving them well and then yeah. and then that's been a referral network. That's fantastic for you. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I see as well that you've been building your personal brand with, for example, a TED Talk. Yes. Um, do you want to just tell us, how you went about that and what was the impact on your business of doing a TED Talk? Yes. So a TED Talk is something I wanted to do for a while. It's something I still chase after now, actually. I still go look at, look for now. But when I initially did the TED Talk, it was more of I was trying to find a way to share some knowledge and experience and increase my accessibility uh, to a larger audience other than my own social media following. 
So as I was going through different speaker applications, speaking to, again, speaking to different people, I saw an opportunity. It randomly just popped up uh, as I was going through, you know, different speaking and conferences. Uh, obviously, I follow a lot of conferences as well. And it came up that they wanted a speaker and they wanted a speaker in a specific area. So mine was doing at the Northumbria University. And you can see it there, actually. So North, Northumbria University, I thought, perfect. I, that was like destined for me just because a, I've got the experience with speaking to students, but B, it's also a bigger platform where it gets published on YouTube. And it's, I think this was straight off the back of just COVID happening as well. So it was like last year in June time it happened, I think. And it was on the back of COVID, people coming out of university, having studied through COVID. And as I did that talk, it was all about how to achieve what we want to achieve and those practical steps of how to apply for jobs, how to make the most of your experiences, how to actually do some research behind what you need to be doing for a job or a business or just your life in general, especially as a student. But as just a, And the main point I made right, right at the very end is a student of life, which is a philosophy I still stand by. You're never going, going to stop being a student. No entrepreneur will say, I'm the best in the world at what I do. We're always students. No one's really an expert. And, and, and the way that helped my business was because when people like yourselves with, with good platforms where they're trying to share knowledge and entrepreneurship and business advice, you you look at certain areas of that person. And one thing that people tend to look at, look at from me, as well as my qualifications, obviously people don't know my age. Many people don't know my age. People don't know what I actually have achieved. They'll see TEDx and they think, boom, that word credibility hits their mind. TEDx, boom, we know we know that's an authentic platform. We know that's credible. It's got a reputation behind it. And it has big, some of the biggest speakers and the best share, the idea sharers that, that are on the planet, really, to go and give their TED Talks. So it's, it's helped my business incredibly from a even a clinic point of view, but a personal branding point of view as well with Multipath. Right. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and congratulations on doing TEDx Thank you. Uh, as well. Um Let's just talk about the social media side, Maltism, because you know your age group, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the early twenties, are consuming content differently to my age group. I'm obviously <laughs> in my fifties now. Um, what has been your strategy in terms of content creation around your personal brand? Because we could see quite a lot on your website. I'd love to hear your strategy behind that. Yeah. So strategy behind uh, the multipath in particular, this one, it again transitioned, it morphed into different areas of my life. So at first it actually started off where I was just sharing physiotherapy content, but the more I grew and the more I did coaching and public speaking, I started from platform to share those knowledge. Now the strategy behind that was a lot of it is currently at the moment as well, trial and error. So I didn't want to just keep following trends where you post, you know, silly TikToks, silly videos, you know, comedic type videos, because to be honest, that's not the person and the image I was trying to portray. However, what I did try to, what, what I did want to portray was how to share the knowledge and the experience I've got, but in a more engaging and, I guess, emotive way. That's what I wanted to basically do. And that was my strategy. And if you obviously can see a bit of my video clips there and some social media posts there and it was trying to mix elements of my life but following the social media algorithm because an algorithm is a massive thing nowadays so that that dictates half of your social media following engagement reach platform and i think that's where a bit of a flaw comes in with the algorithms because obviously it favors 
the ones that have do have cilia TikToks and videos and Instagram posts and the ones that do pay for adverts all the time and stuff or have big you know budgets for social media marketing and things. So essentially, my my little trick is I trial and error every single time with my post and the things that seem to be working I'll keep re- replicating, which is obviously the common thing you do if it's not broken you don't fix it. But that never has deterred me as an entrepreneur. I think this is a vital point as well. Even if it's not broken, you don't. It doesn't necessarily mean you're trying to fix something. You're just trying to innovate something, create something, do something different, like that nobody else is really doing or or sharing. And and make it again back to you, make it back to you. If you're not the person that's comedic, even if, for example, uh, you don't want to make a silly or foolish video, and social media is demanding it, don't make it. Who cares? It's and, you. and what has worked when you say? Um trying things what, what has yes. worked for example because i see you've got linkedin you've got instagram there yes which one is working for you best so the thing that's worked for me best is instagram i i think so so i've worked a lot on linkedin and i try to do my best for the linkedin but linkedin i don't feel like is the right target market for what i'm trying to hit first of all secondly uh instagram works for one main reason is because a lot of my work that i've done which is posting content such as reels post motivational quotes they tend to work well on instagram and the fact that you can split between different type of posts so you can do a reel or you can do a normal post and you can put highlights up those are the things that help people see your page and find some sort of general relationship or interaction with it now the opposite that happens on tiktok is that you can only really post videos it doesn't really make sense to post pictures and you can't post pictures on tiktok Whereas with, again, Instagram, you can show different areas of your life. And Instagram has this nice thing where it has a bit of a, a bit of a strategy to it. So where Instagram, the reels on Instagram, the reels will always increase your reach. Whereas your posts and pictures and motivational quotes will always help with your likes and following and building a bit of a, a bit of a post repertoire. And then you have your, your carousels, which is basically where you slide your posts. And those are the things that will help people come to your page and learn more about you and increase your engagement as well. So it's quite a nice way of actually building what I want to build more of a, a overview of what my business is about on a social media platform, whereas Instagram, I mean, TikTok, sorry, doesn't permit that. But really, I don't think YouTube is really good for things like podcasts and videos and, and, and short clips. But again, it's the more entertainment based, I think. And lastly, if you're looking at LinkedIn as a professional network, people don't really want to see what you're about. They want to see how, how we can help each other grow. Uh, and I think that's where LinkedIn is perfect if you're for networking, but it's quite difficult if you're just trying to build a brand. Um, but yeah, that's my main three platforms that I use. Multism, thank you for that uh, analysis there. Now, uh, coming up to a sort of semi-final question, what would be something that hasn't worked so uh, in terms of sorry in terms from, of from a visibility or, from a visibility point of view this is all about yes. getting noticed uh can yes. you give us sort of one one thing that you've tried that you would recommend people don't do <laughs> yes so what i recommend people don't do is uh, it, they're both linked together there's two points but they're both linked together is i paid for a lot of social media marketing but then i also paid for marketing in the sense that i had a social media marketing team at one point but i also had a I tried to employ uh, celebrities to do my sort of my marketing for me. Now I did all that without actually understanding what each portion or part of that would help or what element of my business. So I didn't know what fa- what would factor in, like what they were supposed to do, what they weren't supposed to do. And as I trialed it, I realized I spent a lot of money in paying for you know social media marketing teams and celebrities. I, I was spending a lot of money or 
close to spend a lot of money as well in trying to get noticed for a visibility visibility point of view. And all it did was, I think, depleting my resources slightly, as well as limiting all the actual opportunities I could have pursued had I just did some further background research into exactly what I was trying to target because I didn't have any knowledge of what I was trying to target. I was just hoping they'd be able to sort it out, which obviously wasn't the truth. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So not giving the social media agency a tight enough brief, right? And yeah. then and then the market's just yeah. too big. Maltism, uh, if there's one piece of advice uh, to our fellow unnoticed entrepreneurs from your relatively short but still deep amount of experience, <laughs> what would it be? I would say if it comes to anything that's important in your business, it's try to get the right and authentic exposure. And by that, I mean going on platforms, and it doesn't have to be huge platforms, but going on platforms that actually share the same values that you have or your business has, because that will tap into different parts and offer you different opportunities, just like I was offered with my networking connections as well. Maltism Zia in Bury, uh, the northwest of England. Fantastic to have had your wisdom on the show today. If you want to find out more about you, where can they do that? So there's a few places, of course, you can go to my website, themultipath.co.uk. You can contact me there directly. Either my team will direct it to me or you can I'll answer myself. My social media platforms, The Multipath, that's my handle. And my other one is just Multizimzia, which is my name. Any of those, perfectly fine. Drop me an email, message, whatever. I'm more than happy to help in whatever way possible. Thank you, Multizimzia, for coming on the show today. And, and what a lot we've got in to a very short amount of time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. No, honestly, thank you so, so much for having me. I feel like this is something I needed to share basically more to my values. Well, and you've certainly done and demonstrated you've got wonderful thank values you. and uh, and I'm sure you're going to have a, a, a massive future ahead of you. So thank you. For those of us that have really enjoyed this show, do please share it with a fellow unnoticed entrepreneur. And if you've enjoyed the show, please rate it. Uh, that really helps me and helps the the players like Spotify to know this is a show worth listening to. And until we meet again, I encourage you to keep on communicating. And once again, thank you for listening.